I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. guys, it's Desiree. I'm here with Taylor. We are going to talk today about intuitive yes when onlookers would say no, pertaining to sitting at birth or prenatal care, things like that. So Taylor, do you want to start? Yeah. So I just want to say up front, this applies to both moms and birth attendants. So moms might have a intuitive feeling either way, yes or no, when the textbook would say something different or onlookers of her birth experience, even her birth attendant in the same birth space might feel like this is all this big yes, or all this is big no. And we should really lean into mom's intuition the most um, because she usually knows most about her body and her baby. It's really common for us, which is what really sparked this conversation to happen. It's common for us to receive backlash on videos that we will post or stories that we will share about births that we attended or um, on our podcast, like, oh, getting comments like that's so dangerous. Like, why would you allow that to happen? You should have intervened sooner or I would never let that happen in my practice. Why would you do that? Um, so we sit at birth differently than most people where we're leaning into our intuition and not textbook normals and standards and there are different numbers that they feel is okay versus not okay. Um, so we see a lot more intuitively led experiences and we love to share about these things because it's way different than what you'll get in the hospital or with regulated midwifery care. And we like to share that things can happen that the textbooks say can happen. Definitely. We, we do sit at birth differently. And I feel like some people don't, un, well, most don't understand how that is. And I, I personally love to know the textbook standard. I like, I like knowing the normal, what that model believes. Um, but I also have seen many cases that are on both sides of it, where the book says we should be ducky and we are definitely not quacking. We are not ducky. This is not okay. We have to do something because either mom intuitively feels it or I do. And we're like, nope, this is not it. Um, or you got those ancestors talking to you in your ear saying you have to do this right now. And they're, they're always right. They're always right. Uh, or the other way where it's like, yep, the book says this is a no. This feels like no. <laughs> and you feel intuitively like, no, this is okay. I feel that sense of calm. And then, you know, that's a whole other thing that it can go either way. And that's where intuition comes into play. Whereas most attendants, especially those that go through these didactic schooling and these trainings and these teachings, they think that they need to keep birth in this box and, oh, it stepped out of side of this. Oh, this isn't good. Oh, it's in the box. This is safe. But that's not how it is. That is not how birth works. It does not work in a box. It does whatever it wants, quite frankly. Right. So let's talk about why people get upset when they watch birth videos. Like, for example, a breech birth that I had where there was a long pause between the body being born and the head being born. So it also goes back to mom's autonomy. So like if she doesn't want to be touched and she feels her baby doesn't need to be touched, obviously we're not touching. Um, but I did get comments like, oh, we should have jumped in. We should have pulled that baby out. We should have been encouraging mom to coach push and all of these things. Whereas it wasn't actually necessary because her baby was well. 
Um, so what causes this? What makes people upset and feel like they need to tell us what we should or shouldn't have done at a birth and the aftersight? Um, trauma is a big one. So maybe they had an experience where a breech baby passed away or they've had to resuscitate baby afterwards because there was a long pause or anything that they were trained in school about it might lead them to feel like, oh, that's so dangerous. Why would you let that happen? And it also goes into textbooks, indoctrination. What were they taught by their preceptors? What were they taught in school? This can lead them to feel like there's no way that's possible. I'm not seeing this right now. And there's no way that that baby is okay because my school said so, or my mentor said so. So you have to be careful when leaning into those things rather than leaning into intuition because they're not always the Bible. You can't just go off of that and just run with it. Yeah, absolutely. And it can go the other way too, where the attendant is like, yep, this, this looks like a no, especially when they're conditioned to believe, oh, birth is in a box. We got it. This is no. Um, but the mom's like, no, this is okay. I feel okay. And that's why we really ultimately need to do what the mom says. It's really up to them. And like the birth she's speaking of with the breech baby, that mom had a specific request to not touch no matter what. That was her wish whatever like she was okay with whatever the outcome do not touch me do not touch my baby that was her wish so who would I be or Taylor be to reach in and do something against her wishes the ultimate goal is not always forced life and I think that's where the majority of our society is so lost they're like oh put it in a box keep it safe we can't do that we also need to respect autonomy that is a big bucket uh, in traditional and authentic care. We should not be doing things just because we feel, oh, I feel like I need to do this. But what about the mom? Like, what is her wish? What is, what is, what's the family's wish? Right. Most attendants in training, they never get to experience that intuitively led birth. They sit at managed births. Um, so like we talked about in the other podcasts, doing a preventative care model, um, we don't do that. So we get to sit at intuitively led births and we get to see what variations can happen and how far things can truly go and still be okay because everybody feels peace inside. Um, most attendants, especially those that go to school, they will never get to experience that intuitively led birth. So they go ahead and transfer people or they start managing things far before it's necessary and this can lead to big trauma or a lack of confidence in the moms. And they feel like they always need somebody. Whereas when you experience intuitively led birth, you might want somebody there for that support, but you usually feel afterwards like, wow, I did that. I did that myself. I trusted my body. And so did they. And I really appreciated that. So intuitively led birth is so different. And you see so many things outside of their norms and what is possible um, by sitting in that way. Right. Cause they usually don't let stuff happen because their book or their schooling or their teacher taught them. No, you never do this. This is not what you do in this situation. You do this when in any situation, doesn't matter what it is. There is nothing routine we should be doing in response ever. Nothing is routine. There is the, you know, here's the laid out. You should do this, this, and this, but nothing is ever going to be textbook. You need to respond intuitively. Um, in my opinion, I feel like that's how that should be. Right. And just some examples that we could run to, um, to reference this are like breach verse, for example, or if somebody has a long pushing phase, usually, um, most attendants won't let the long pushing phase happen, especially after they've started see, to see the crown of the baby's head or something like that. They'll want to intervene, get in a different position, 
let me help you. Let me start getting hands on with this or coaching you more forcefully because they become scared or a pause after the head emerges. There can be several contractions and that doesn't necessarily mean baby's stuck, but you go case by case. How do you intuitively feel? Do we need to help baby and all the other signs that come with it? Or can we just continue on the way that we are and just wait for baby because there's something going on internally that we can't see that they need to handle first or bleeding in labor. A lot of people would jump to, oh, they must be having an abruption. There must be something going on in there and we need to help. Um, but sometimes that's just needed or how much they bleed postpartum or the length between twins. Um, I've definitely gotten a lot of backlash on that, on twins that have come six hours apart, eight hours apart. And it's like, oh no, that's very unsafe. I would never do that, but everybody was fine. They're, they're fine, yeah. yeah. Like they're like, oh, it has to come within what, 30 minutes? Right. And that is wild because some will come a day or two later. So that is just is so wild. Exactly. And how long you wait for a placenta too. Like most attendants would never allow um, a mom to keep her placenta in for more than an hour, but we've seen even over 14 hours, sometimes days. Um, so there can be huge variations. Water is broken for over 24 hours. Usually that's an automatic transfer, automatic C-section. And we've seen it go for weeks. Yeah, even months. Like it's just due to a lack of information and lack of experience and a lack of understanding of physiology and how the body works when we don't try and intervene and manage this process. Because it does, it does step outside of all those boxes for all of those topics. And we should not be trying to, oh, let's fix it, let's fix it. Usually it doesn't need fixed. Yeah, there's a time, there's a time and place for hands and there's a time and place for management, but we can say that those things are few and far between and more times than not, we need to watch how we're speaking to these women and how we're treating them and keep our hands in our pants. Like for the most part, keep your hands right in your pockets. Don't be touching and doing extra stuff um, because yeah, but that's what their mindset is because they're not taught or given the experience to experience the intuition led kind of births. Because like we said, birth doesn't fit in a box. There is no one way to sit at birth. There's not a single one way. Everything's going to be different. But if someone is sitting at a birth intuitively, no one else can say, oh, you should have did this. Like there's no, there's no one way. And if you're not in that space, you cannot speak on what you would have done in that space. No one can with any situation. People watch videos on social media and they're like, oh, she did this. That wasn't okay. She should have done this. She should have done. If you were not in that space and you did not feel the energy in that room and you were not hired by that mother and you did not experience the same things that that attendant did and hold the same understanding that that attendant did, you have to find your chair and shut up. Basically is how I see it. That's the role I would take too. I have nothing to say about what others do in the spaces that they held because they were chosen to be there. They were trusted by that family and it went the way it was meant to in the way that they felt that was well for the attendant and the mom both so we can't speak on what others do or don't do in other spaces uh, especially when we're attending in an intuitive capacity mom and attendant absolutely and that goes both ways I've seen it on social media where like oh you should have been intervened here or oh you shouldn't have intervened here but like you said you don't know you don't know what they were experiencing what the mom wanted and what they talked about previously and what everybody was feeling in that moment yeah because sometimes like it looks cool like the shit looks fine oh everything's fine why'd you touch well 
maybe she requested that. Maybe she asked for this prenatally. Like there's so many things people don't know and they just lack understanding. And they're like, oh, well, you shouldn't do this standard. You shouldn't do this. Well, yeah, well, birth doesn't always fit the standard. Everything is different when you were sitting at birth intuitively and other people's opinions, they might be like, oh no, oh no, but you weren't in that space. You were with that person. So the best seat that you can find is your own chair, in my opinion. Yep. And if you're a mom and you're feeling that intuitive pull, either way, if you feel like, no, I don't want to be managed during this situation, you can definitely lean into that and trust yourself and advocate for that in your plans or in the moment or vice versa. If you feel like something is wrong for sure, and it's not just fear talking or trauma talking, but it's your intuition, like screaming at you, like we need to do something. Don't be afraid um, of that and lean into it and go with your gut because usually you're spot on if you're going intuitively. Yeah. Speak up, speak up. If your midwife or your OB, whatever, isn't listening and you're like, something's wrong, say something. I know in those moments of vulnerability, it is hard to bark back, but really your whole experience and then postpartum, it depends on that. If you aren't being heard, like be loud, be loud. And also if they're doing something you're not okay with, just say, I do not consent. I do not consent. Go away. No, stand up for yourself. Don't just endure whatever. If you intuitively feel well, or you intuitively do not, those things need to be vocalized. If there's someone else in your space that is trying to override um, how you are feeling and your desires and your wishes. Yes, absolutely. All right. So bottom line, intuition is important. (laughs) Thanks for listening guys. Thanks for tuning in to this awesome episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications for future episodes. Again, for classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Brought to you by Herbal Training.